This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 321 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are RidingWarehouse.com, EasySignsOnline.com, and you, the listeners. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Well, hello everybody, Glenn the Geek here And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Thank you, everybody, for joining us on the Stable Scoop Show this week. Helena B. has the week off, although I did get to see her a couple days ago. Her and her daughter, Grace, came over to the World Percheron Congress uh, when Wendy and I were there earlier in the week, and that was, of course, at the Big E in Massachusetts. We all had an absolutely wonderful time. We met a bunch of our listeners. Uh, we met a 800 Percherons and some of the biggest horses you've ever seen and just had a great time. I got to participate in the celebrity driving competition with Dr. Wendy, and Dr. Wendy won the whole thing. I came in fourth. I did beat Dr. Pohl. We got to meet Dr. Pohl, the veterinarian, and who, of course, has the TV show. That was fun. And then Wendy and I both got to ride in an eight-horse hitch, which was pretty cool sitting on the box in an eight-horse hitch and seeing all those horses out in front of you. That was probably the highlight of my time at the World Percheron Congress and meeting all of the listeners and just hanging out and watching the show with them. That was a lot of fun. My brother came up with his uh, wife from Connecticut. Hadn't seen him in a little while, so that was uh, that was fun as well. Uh, you know, it really, they really are a very nice group of people, and I want to thank everybody from the World Pertron Congress for inviting us to come out. If you want to see some pictures, head on over to the Driving Radio Show Facebook page. We posted a bunch of pictures there, so you can find uh, most of the ones that we uh, that we posted were there, as well as the videos of Wendy and I driving uh, a team of uh, Percherons through an obstacle course, and that was a lot of fun, too. Wendy kicked my butt, though. She did kick my butt. She was very good. She ended up winning the whole thing and winning $2,600 for charity as well. And, of course, Dr. Wendy is the host of the Driving Radio Show. She was so excited because she's a veterinarian and traditional Chinese medicine doctor to meet Dr. Pohl, and they had a nice conversation. That was fun that they got to meet, and doc- a lot of Dr. Pohl fans there as well, getting signatures and autographs and things. You know, there is some controversy around this show, uh, but that, you know, there's a lot of fans still out there, too, because they did show up. But I do have a lot of things planned for you today, a lot of guests. So we first are going to be starting off with Ellie O'Brien with the Ellie O'Brien Horsemanship Training Tip of the Month. And last weekend was the American Horsewoman's Challenge in Oklahoma. We've been talking about that for several weeks now. And the competition happened last weekend. And we have the second place finisher with us, Hannah 
Catalino. She is joining us. She's 19 years old, and she was the reserve champion. So she's going to be joining us today. And to round out the show, we have our Riding Warehouse Tack and Habit segment, and we have Bree Del Rosario with us. And of course, she joins us once a month from Riding Warehouse to highlight a product. And we're talking a little bit about blankets this time, because guess what? It's getting to be that blanket time of the year. Well, let's get started with the show with Ellie O'Brien and our training tip of the month. Well, hi, Ellie. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having me back. How are things going in the United States of America? Things are going really well. It's been busy, and I have to say I have enjoyed it now that the cooler weather has started to set in. It, it feels more like a New Zealand summer at the moment. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're in the Carolinas, so you're starting to get a little bit cooler now. Yep, that's right. Not so hot and humid as it was when you got here. You, you, and this was a hot, humid summer, so you, you lived through some humidity this year. Yeah, it was. I, I was forever asking people, how do you manage through, <laughs> you know, working horses in the heat? You do it <laughs> in the morning. You do it before 8 o'clock. That's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and I've been seeing pictures. You had some horses that you've been working with. Yep, I've had some love. I've been so blessed. I've had some really lovely horses. Well, I think they're all all amazing, but um, I've had some particularly lovely horses to work with over summer and uh, really starting to see the fruits of um, those good foundations um, coming out now, now that we're starting to get it along a little more. And you've had a variety of way, the way it looks, uh, of, of breeds and colors. Yes, most definitely. Right, right from our our warm bloods to actually, I have some Percheron crosses, um, quarter horses, all sorts. <laughs> I just got back from the World Percheron Congress, and and let me tell you, uh, it makes me want one again. I owned Percherons in the past, and it, it just makes me want one again. They're so cool. Oh, neat. Yeah, they um, have really cool personalities. Yeah, and you know, uh, most of them, are, for the most part, are gentle giants, and then you have the occasional nut job. But I mean, you have that in any breed. Uh, That's right. But the difference is with these nut jobs is they're eighteen and a half hands and have feet the size of your head. You know, so uh, that's the difference. <laughs> that's, that's... Yeah, yeah. You want to have good training <laughs> with those ones. Yep, for sure. Well, what are we talking about today in our training tip of the month? Well, today I thought I would um, just do a little bit on horsemanship and dressage. That, that's sort of the discipline that I focus on, but really just uh, any English discipline. So I, I wanted to go into this a little bit because quite often when I tell people that I'm a horsemanship trainer, they automatically assume that I train for Western riding. And and they'll quite often ask as well, will this affect my horse because they want to do dressage or jumping? And um, I, I really just try and get across to them and I really strive for people to understand that horsemanship is not about the discipline you ride in. It's not about the tacks, the clothes, gear, the movements that you do. Um, it's just simply about the way we work with the horse. So one of my big goals is when I'm working with riders and horses, uh, really teaching the rider to be able to understand how the horse learns and thinks so that when the horse leaves my property, say after it's been started or it's been there for training, um, or even after somebody's um, had a lesson with me, 
that they can go away and then duplicate that process and continue on with it. I know a lot of people seem to have trouble. Like they'll say, oh, you know, when I was having my lesson, everything just seemed to click and it was going beautifully. And I think there's the part missing there where the writer isn't being taught and they're not understanding why they are doing um, those things and, and how it's uh, teaching the horse to do those things. So, yeah, so that's really why I love to be able to teach people how to carry on with it once they get home. Um, also, I think horsemanship is really just about creating good foundations in your training and trying your best not to leave loopholes in there so that those small, uh, insignificant type of issues um, can turn into amplified things. And like a lot of the time, I think we'll be like, where did, where did that come from? And it's simply just because we've, we've missed out on those small, subtle things that are so easy to overlook. Well, I know, I, I know a lot of, uh, dressage, uh, riders now, Grand Prix dressage riders, that mm-hmm. are sending their horses uh, off when it's, time to, when it's time to get the saddle on for the first time. They're sending their hor- horses off to natural horsemanship trainers, or should I say gentle, gentle horsemanship trainers, because they want their yeah. horses trained more gently so they don't come back with issues you know, from the trainer, from the one who broke them in the first place. That's right. And those initial first few weeks or first few months just make such a big impact in the rest of the horse's career. So I think it really, and that excites me. I, I love hearing that um, dressage riders or jumpers or, you know, other disciplines are really starting to see how beneficial it is to start their horses using these, these uh, gentling methods. Well, you know, I think that the, I think you're right. I think it always has been as kind of a stigma, and you know, it, it is because you know of Monty and and some of the others out there. It's kind of been a stigma that this is in the Western world and that it doesn't really apply yeah. to any other. It doesn't apply to English disciplines or racing, but yet. Yet, you know, Monty, uh, Monty's daughter, Debbie, does a show here on the Horse Radio Network called uh, Horsemanship Radio. And, oh, and Monty actually got his start in racing, you know, and thoroughbred racing. And he works with uh, some major thoroughbred uh, uh, breeders and trainers around the world uh, breaking the babies. And because they want the, the thoroughbreds uh gentled in a more pat you know compassionate way um so you know that that is true of every discipline not just dressage or eventing or or or, you know on the western side yeah definitely and i think that's just so cool that um more and more people are starting to catch on to um this thought process and everything so yeah and it applies to you have a baby on your farm and you want to send it off to a trainer, you know, that you want to look for somebody who, who, who does the natural horsemanship way, who is going to, to bring it around gently so that Mm -hmm. you yourself don't have issues, even if it's just going to be a trail riding horse, right? Yeah, that's right. I think uh, like a lot of the time, well, I think a trail riding horse, making sure that they've got those good foundations is just as important as, a dressage horse or a jumping horse or or a western horse um, and I'll spend just as much time in the arena 
stand or in the round pen at the start with a trail horse getting the exact same foundations. I still want that trail horse to be able to side pass and, um, you know, back up and, and do all of, and be able to get a soft feel and do all those same things because, um, you know, they just pay off in such a big way. I mean, you might need to side pass around a, a fallen tree or something like that. Right. Exactly. And you know what? Broken bones hurt whether you're riding dressage or western. So, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> I looked at the tough way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of, um, horsemanship method. <laughs> now, if somebody is looking, and they've never done this before, but they have a baby that needs, to, you know, needs started, how long, should, uh, how long would, do you advise them that the horse should stay with you? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I mean, it takes as it just it takes as long as it takes. I've got a good example of uh, two warm bloods that I've been starting over summer. Uh, one of them, he has just picked it up so quickly. So over the last five months, uh, he went from being an unbroken horse to an unstarted horse to now we just took him out to his first dressage show. Uh, two weekends ago, and I was lucky enough to ride him, and he scored in the 70s. And oh, won wow. So that was very exciting. And on the other hand, um, this other one that I'm starting, she's very, she's just a slower learner. It's taken her a longer time to, um, to get the idea of things. She's quite a defensive type of horse and easily gets her feelings hurt. So I've really had to take it slowly with her, and she's even though they were started at the same time, um, she's still she's a, at least two months behind the other one in his training. Well, I got to tell you, if you're looking at uh, getting a horse started, and and even if you don't live in Ellie's area, I know she's as she's as Ellie is as nice as they come, and she would be happy to answer any questions that you have about it, even if you're not bringing a horse to her. So. Um, <laughs> And and now you you're in the Carolinas, so you probably take horses in really from all over the East Coast, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so if people are willing to them uh, to send them to me, then I'm always willing to work with them. Or um, you know, even if anyone ever wants to call me or email me or message me on Facebook, I'm always there to answer questions. And I just love being able to help people. And I think there's a really powerful part is teaching other people how to understand the process so that they have those tools to be able to carry it on themselves because there's only, you know, there's only one of me and there's only one of, you know, all the other fantastic trainers out there. So um, we can't possibly get around to all of them on our own. And it is Ellie O'Brien Finesse Equestrian Training, and I'll put the link in the show notes at stablescoop.com as usual. And, uh, you know, if you, if you need some help uh, and want to get a horse started, then uh, check Ellie out on her Facebook page. Thanks, Ellie. We appreciate you being here every month for the trainer tip. Awesome. Thank you, Glenn. It's a pleasure being here.
This week's EasySignsOnline.com Spotlight product is their New England-style farm signs, their most popular line of signs. New England-style farm signs are very durable and designed for long-term outdoor use with no maintenance required, no wood to rot, and no paint to peel. They will outlast the old-style painted wood signs by many, many years. They are available in many sizes, shapes, and styles, which makes them the perfect sign for any farm or business. Go online today and go through the EasySignsOnline.com easy step-by-step ordering process to see all the prices and options available. They also offer free, no-obligation sign proofs on all New England-style signs. And you get free shipping as well on all New England-style signs. So replace your old worn-out sign and make a great first impression with a new farm sign from EasySignsOnline.com. And the holidays are right around the corner, so it's a terrific gift idea. I can't think of a better one. Visit EasySignsOnline.com. Our next guest on the show today is a 19-year-old, the youngest competitor at the American Horsewoman's Challenge that happened last weekend. Her name is Hannah Catalino, and she took the Reserve Championship with one of her Mustangs. Let's talk to her about that. And, of course, the winner, in case you missed it, over the weekend was uh, a person by the name of uh, Jerusha Steinert. She won the Grand Championship with her Nakota. A horse, and we had a chance to interview her on Horses in the Morning. If you want to catch that episode, it is Horses in the Morning for October the 10th. It's titled uh, John Katz, Challenge Winner Steinert, and Barbie Doll Horse. So that's uh, the one you want to look for if you want to catch the, the interview with the winner of the American Horsewoman's Challenge. But right now, we have Hannah, who was the reserve champion at the age of 19. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Hi. Thank you so much for letting me be here. No problem. You must be tired. You're coming off a long weekend last weekend. Yes, I am. <laughs> In Oklahoma. So uh, first, let's do this. Let's have you tell a little bit about your horse and uh, the one that you brought to the to the American Horsewoman's Challenge. Well, my horse is a three-year-old BLM Mustang gilding. Um from Nevada named Ace. Um, I've had him since he was a yearling. He was actually my one of my first Mustangs um, from the 2012 Supreme Extreme Mustang Makeover Youth Division. Um, at the makeover, uh, we did really well. He placed in the finals, but in the middle of our freestyle, he kind of had a wild, crazy moment, and the first time he ever kicked me was Oops. in the middle of our freestyle. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it was really, really nice to, you know, take him, uh, you know, continue his training and uh, go ahead and take him to this competition where we could, you know, redeem ourselves from that uh, um, other freestyle. Yeah, and you had uh, you had more time here. You had six months as opposed to some. I know some of the the extreme Mustang makeover competitions you do. You have a lot less time than that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So this this gave you an opportunity to spend a little more time. And and isn't it true? I mean, like with any other breed of horse, Mustangs are no different. Some learn quicker than others, and some some take longer than others. Oh yes, I mean. Uh... He's he's definitely a very smart horse. He just, you know, was having a bad day that day or something, you know. Um, 
But, I mean, going into this competition now, um, uh, he had a lot of groundwork, but um, we only had less than 60 rides when we were in Oklahoma. So it was definitely very interesting. <laughs> no, and is he your fourth Mustang you've trained? Fourth or fifth? He, he, was, um, he was one of my first. I adopted two at the same time. Okay, so. gotcha. And now you're you're heading into uh, to the competition at the American Horsewoman's Challenge last weekend and showing up. What made this a little bit different than the Extreme Mustang Makeover competition? Well, you know they're uh, very new, so you know there was a lot of things that were different, and just the classes. I mean, at the makeovers we have um, you know like handling conditioning classes, trail, and things like that, and uh, like a raining pattern and you know this one you know we have liberty extreme cowboy race and cowboy dressage so you know i mean just in that was you know very different i had to learn uh, i never knew about cowboy dressage or extreme cowboy racing so it really broadened my horizon um you know i was a little familiar with liberty but this was the first liberty competition you know so it was just you know definitely new and something I learned a lot from. Well, I heard from some of the people that were there, and, and some of your competitors are very experienced. I mean, we, we, you had competitors that had been to Road to the Horse and, you know, some very experienced competitors, but yet the one I kept hearing about as the crowd sensation, the one everybody just thought was so cool, was Hannah. So, I, what, so what did you do to wow everybody? Um, well, from what people have told me, they just were really touched by um, the relationship between my horse and I. And, uh, you know, we weren't very precise on all of our technical things. We missed, you know, quite a few lead changes and things like that. Um, but, you know, some things that I did in my freestyle were uh, was we jumped a single standing uh, trash barrel. Uh, we popped some balloons. Um yeah, then we did uh, Bridalist for a little while, and then we just went ahead and did some Liberty. So I guess, you know, that's just uh, what people really liked. I think I think so. And, you know, obviously the judges didn't uh, fault you for any of those little things. You ended up reserve champion, so they didn't take too much off. And you were, there were like for almost 40 competitors, so that was a large... It was a, it was a large competitive field there, more, more than you're probably used to in some of the competitions you've been to. Yes, um, I mean, it was a very, very nice uh, crowd of competitors. And I mean, you know, sometimes it's really the competitors and the people there that make the experience great. And, you know, they really, really did help. I mean, I, I competed the Mustang Million last year. So there I was competing with a few hundred competitors. You know, um, what I really liked about this is I got to, you know, get to know um, a lot of the competitors more so than I have in the past. Well, and you got to meet some of the people that you've probably been wanting to meet in the past, too, because uh, that you've been looking up to uh, OB and some of the others, Mary Kitzmiller and all those that have been doing this uh, for a long time and made it uh, and made it through to, you know, some championships. Uh, oh, yes. I mean, there I mean, so many people are my inspiration. I can't point them all out, but um, a good majority of them were there. And it was just great to, you know, get to compete on the same arena dirt as them. I mean, it's just an honor. And how was the atmosphere? Was it a fun show? Oh, yes, it was. I mean, I was dreading going there. I was so nervous. And then, you know, <laughs> once I got there, it was like, I actually was surprised at how much fun it was. Like, I mean, it, it, was, it was a really good experience. 
And you got to meet a lot of our friends here at the Horse Radio Network, including somebody who's co-hosted several of our shows in the past, and we play her music all the time, Templeton Thompson. Uh, oh, yes. She was, and, she was a doll. I love meeting her. Yes, she is. And it, so she had a concert, right, Friday night? Um, I believe she did do um, some performances with uh, music and everything, so it was really great to hear her in person. Cool. Very good. Well, congratulations again. Do you have a website or a Facebook page where people can find you? Um, I do have a Facebook page, just Hannah Catalino. Um, uh, that's kind of where I put all my information and training and everything. So. And where do you live now? If uh, You're in what area? Um, I live um, in Cardwell, Montana, and I'm going to school in Dillon, Montana, at the University of Montana Western. And what are you studying? I'm studying natural horsemanship and equine business management. Do they have a natural horsemanship degree there? Yes, they do. It's a four-year degree, and they oh, also I have a two-year that. degree. I didn't know that. I didn't even know they had that I... there. Wow, that's great. Well, good luck in school and, and uh, on your next project. I know the competition bug is probably bitten you now, so there'll be another one coming up. Uh, okay. you know, <laughs> although you got college to think about now, too, so that's going to keep you busy. Yes, yes. I'm kind of going to try focusing on school and you know, competitions. I'll see what we'll be doing. <laughs> All right. Well, in the next couple of years, uh, I expect to see you at Road to the Horse, okay? <laughs> okay, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Hannah. Okay. Thank you. Hey, this is Gina Moronic from Wisconsin, and I am an official Horse Radio Network auditor. It's something I'm really proud to do and to be a part of in a small way because it's something that I get a lot of information from. The Horse Radio Network uh, and the convenience of the downloadable podcasts means that I can improve my horsemanship skills, my riding skills, um, or just really enjoy listening to friendly, informative programming whenever I'm driving to work or working on chores or at the barn even. So I I hope you find it as enjoyable as I do. If you do, go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner to become a Horse Radio Network auditor. For as little as a dollar a month, you can be involved in this great thing too and keep it going. Thanks. This Tack and Habit segment is brought to you by ridingwarehouse.com. Well, as usual, once a month, we have Brie Del Rosario on from Riders Warehouse. And Brie is joining us this week with their product pick of the month. And uh, this happens to be a product that I have one of. So tell us about it. All right. Well, these are the Weather Vita Freestyle Blankets. Um, this is one of their newer designs. And I figured since it is getting colder, um, might as well talk blankets. A lot of horse people use them. And if you use blankets, you're going to want to check this out. Uh, the freestyle blankets are unique in the way that they're cut. Weatherbeta obviously has been doing the blanket game for a really long time, so they definitely know what they're doing. And um, this is, I would say, their highest end line. So if you have a horse that's destructive or a little bit of a blanket Houdini, or is turned out with other horses, you're going to want to probably go with something like this, if not the freestyle. Um, exactly. We have the we have two versions of it. Um, so if you're in a really cold climate, or you're you fully body clip your horse, the one I'm going to recommend is the freestyle 1200 denier detach a neck blanket. 
It has 360 grams of fill, so it's definitely for you guys who are in the coldest climates this winter. Yeah, that's a warm um, one. It's also, yeah, it's really, really warm. So if you've got your horse turned out in the snow, this is the one you're going to want to look at. If you're more on the West Coast or down in Florida somewhere, you probably don't need um, quite this warm of a blanket. Uh, the nice thing is it has it comes with a hood. So the price includes everything. You don't have to buy a hood separately. I figure if you're in a cold enough climate to require 360 grams of fill, um, you might as well be covering their neck. That would make sense to me. So a uh, really, really nice design with the freestyle. Um, I'll get into that in a second. I just want to mention for those of you who aren't in that, that cold of a climate, we have the freestyle 1200 denier standard neck blanket. It has 220 grams of fill. So this is a great blanket for probably a lot of customers um, in a lot of different climates. So 220 grams as a pretty standard medium weight. So um, this one does not come with the neck. Uh, it kind of figures if you're going with 220 grams, you may not need that neck portion. Um, but both blankets, like I said, 1,200 denier. Um, so really great if you have if your horse turned out with other horses or they're a little bit destructive um, the higher the denier, if you're not familiar, um, the more resistant to rips and tears the blanket's going to be. So this is very resistant to um, that kind of wear. Another thing I love about the freestyle design is it has this quick clip front closure. So you can kind of set it and then just clip the front. So you're not having to fumble in the cold with your gloves and everything. It's really hard to, to clip those um, front clasps at the horse's chest. So I love the little clips makes it really easy. Another thing, it has 10 different um, adjustable settings. So it's really made to fit a wide variety of horses in a wide variety of widths. Um, the other thing I love is the gussets over the shoulders. And most blankets are on the side of the shoulder. Um, so you can kind of see them if you're looking at the horse from the side profile. Well, Weather Beta figures your horse's front legs move forward. And so they actually um, were really creative, and they did the gussets in the front of the shoulder, so, which makes a lot more sense to me. I don't know why more brands don't do that, um, because as your horse moves his leg forward, the gusset is going to give to that. So if you have a horse that gets shoulder rubs, this might be something to consider, because I think the gusset placement is huge um, when it comes to preventing that. And um, it also... You know, Go I was ahead. just going to say to follow that up, and I know you know this story too, quarter horses have always had a problem with the way that uh, traditional blankets have been cut because quarter right. horses tend to have the larger chest areas, and, and they just uh, the traditional blankets of 10 years ago just didn't fit them right. Um, so, so with these, with, with, with this freestyle, it tends to fit those uh, quarter horse types a little bit better. I agree. And even, you know, some of the Arabians, a lot of our customers have um, Arabs, and I find that some of them can be built kind of that way, too. You wouldn't think about it just because they tend to be a smaller breed, but they do um, kind of present that same issue. A lot of people will buy a cheaper blanket, but then they have to buy the shoulder guard underneath it to prevent the rubbing. And so why not just spend the money on a really nice blanket? Um, and you just have to you know put one thing on your horse, and they're probably a lot more comfortable um, some other features to note is that they have this really great wither padding. Another area um, for concern is, of course, over the withers, and they've got the contour design plus an extra wither padding. They also have padding along um, the slope of the shoulder, which is really nice. Another area that some horses tend to rub. They, both, they come with the tail flaps, um, going to prevent that cold from coming up underneath. They're just designed to fit your horse really snugly, which I find turnouts, it's kind of hard. They tend to kind of hang there. 
Uh, stable blankets do a little bit of a better job. This is kind of best of both worlds here. You're going to get the waterproof of a turnout, all the coverage, um, the high denier, but it's really going to hug your horse a lot better and prevent a lot of those rubs. And uh, it's just a super high-quality blanket. And, again, you can get it in a couple of different fills to suit your exact climate. Um, but uh, I really like all of the different ideas that they came up with, and they really thought about how the horse moves. So that's why I really like this. I love it when uh, blanket manufacturers will really look at, you know, what's going to make the horse most comfortable. So the freestyle is my number one pick for for uh, the product this month. And the price is right, too. I mean, you're looking at 226 on on ridingwarehouse.com for the freestyle, the, the heavier weight, 360, the heavyweight blanket. And then for the medium weight blanket, you're looking at 194 And any time you can go under 200 bucks for a blanket of this quality, that's, you know, that's something you're going to definitely want to, uh, to check out. Uh, we own one of these, and we've had, uh, you know, I think these came out maybe last year is when we got it. Does that sound right? Um, yeah, it sounds, seems like they've had this around for about one year. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it's it's perfectly fine. We haven't any trouble with it at all. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, we live down here, so what happens down here is, in, in Florida, is we tend to clip, and we still have chilly nights. So mm-hmm. on those chilly nights, you don't want to, you know, a lightweight sheet's not quite enough, and you'd have to put, uh, a, you know, a, a woolly or something underneath it. And so this one was just the perfect size for those chilly nights with a clipped horse. And there's a lot of clipped horses down here in Florida. I'm about to clip my pony now for the first time. So, Oh, uh, okay. How many times do you have to clip throughout the season? We'll clip right now. I'll clip my pony because he's a hairy beast and he's getting overheated already because it's still in the 90s here. And oh, uh, wow. so okay. we'll clip him right now. We'll do a full body clip on him now. And then come end of January, early February, we'll do a trace clip. Uh, oh, so, okay. Some people will clip now and then clip again and, uh, you know, do a full body clip again in the end of January, early February. Uh, Got it. But you still have to have blankets, you know, because because there are still those chilly nights. But then we're also, you know, we have the chilly night and then back into the 70s during the day. So, Right. It, uh, yeah, you definitely got to pull it off. Um, yeah, so the 220. Do you like, even use blankets you? where you are? <laughs> we do, we do. We get some chilly nights, especially a little bit inland from us. It can get down in the teens during the night. So we'll use blankets, so we got to make sure we pull them off because uh, it does get nice and sunny during the winter usually. But it can get cold. We're by the ocean, so we get the ocean cold breeze. Probably not the same type of cold that the middle of the country gets. But <laughs> I like to say we get cold, but we really You don't. get chilly. <laughs> chilly. You can say yeah, chilly. Our, our horses are just really spoiled. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's the way we like them. And yeah. uh, you can find this at ridingwarehouse.com. Just search for Weatherbeater Freestyle, and they will come up uh, when you do a search. And we'll also post links to them on our Stable Scoop uh, face, or our Stable Scoop show notes page, like we usually do. And next month we have a special treat because you're doing our holiday gift buying guide. Right? It's believe it or not, yes. it's that time already. Yeah, I know. It seems like it was just yesterday that we were just finishing last year's season. We've got a lot of really great gifts, all sorts of price ranges um, for kids, women, men, everybody, every discipline. So I'm really excited to do the gift guide. Thank you so much for inviting me to do that. Oh, that'd be fun. Helena and I look forward to that every year. We get to play Christmas music, you know, get in the mood. We all start getting in the mood. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and we love talking product anyway. And there's always yeah. cool cool new things for uh, the holidays, and we're always looking for something a little different to get our horsey friends. So, uh, yeah. so it works out great. We're looking forward to doing that with you. So that's coming up in November. Believe it or not, we're only a couple of weeks away from Halloween. 
<laughs> I know, I know. I'm not a big fan of Halloween, so I like either. to skip through it and get to the the real holidays. I I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. I feel like sometimes, you know, because Halloween's become so popular, I'm the only one. I'm left out, you know? Oh, uh, no. I don't like trick-or-treaters yeah. either. I don't do the trick-or-treater thing. I had, Jennifer has to do that. I don't do it. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I live far enough out we don't get them, and so we go, oh, good, we get to save money on candy because we live <laughs> where nobody can reach us. <laughs> Free, I knew I liked you. I'm not the only one. Yay! <laughs> no, I'm the same way. <laughs> I'll dress up my dogs. That's about as far as I go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Bree. Writingwarehouse.com. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody, here on the Stable Scooper Radio Show. We appreciate you being here. Thanks to all of our guests and our sponsors. Helena will be back next week after having this week off, and it was so good to see her at the World Percheron Congress. Don't forget, the best way to listen to the shows is with our app, iPhone or Android. Just go to the App Store and search for Horse Radio Network. The Stable Scoop Radio Show is one of the shows on the app. Makes it so simple and so easy to listen to. And don't forget to post on your Facebook page that you like the Stable Scoop Radio Show and encourage all of your friends to check it out. We'll talk to you again next week, everybody. Keep on scooping. <laughs>